You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. This is Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my God! Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like it! Players, coaches, insiders, and of course, with a twist only Mace can provide. Buddy duddies! Now, here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason. Happy Festivus, Merry Christmas, and Happy Holidays. Let's go horsing around. I'm Andrew Mason, and over the next half hour or so, you'll hear from safety Will Parks, linebacker Brandon Marshall, the newest Bronco cornerback Craig Mager, and finally, we'll talk draft with the Draft Network's John Ledyard. Let's get started with Parks, who chatted with Ryan Edwards, Steve Atwater, and me this week. We start with what to expect in Oakland for what could be a most unusual scene on Monday night. What kind of scene are you expecting out in Oakland in their final game in that stadium? That's a good question. I'm expecting uh, a lot of a lot of fans, you know. Now, the moods, I don't know. I can't tell you. You know, they got a lot of things going on over there. And, you know, the city, you know, some may not be happy. Some may be happy. You know, some may be sad. Some may not be sad. I don't know, you know. But I'm expecting a lot of emotions um, with those fans. And, uh, you know, and, you know, it's always tough when a team that's been in your city for so long leaves. And you, we all know how much Oakland means to, you know, the people out there. So you always got to respect that aspect of it. But, uh, you know, when they're coming between those white lines, you know, they on the other side of the football. You know, so I don't like them anyway. They don't like us, <laughs> you know. So, you know, it's a rival game, and, you know, we all understand that. We respect that, but, you know, it's a football game. Anticipate something where you might want to keep that helmet on when you're on the sidelines, just in case? Man, what? Nah, I'm keeping I'm – keeping, I'm doing my normal get-off-the-field routine. I'm taking my helmet off so I can breathe, you know. So <laughs> I'm keeping – I'm doing whatever I got to do, you know. And like I said, man, they're going to be emo- – they're going to be very emotional. You know, win or lose, draw, you know. Um, that's possibly the last game in Oakland, you know, for, for forever, you know, unless they decide to come back and, you know, whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be good, man. But for us, man, we got to focus on us, man. Season didn't go the way we expected it to. Season, uh, you know, kind of was up and down flip size and you know we won three straight and then we lost two straight so it kind of um derailed a little bit but I think the energy in here is great I think everybody's still focused everybody still wants to win and uh for me personally man going eight and eight is is, is huge um it, it's be testaments of going into next year and and things of that sort man but all you got to do is focus on right now what you do right now to change the situation and that's obviously to get a win on Christmas Eve so we've been having problems with tight end last week tight end shut down who was on it you know, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a job, you know, that I look forward to each and every week, man. Even with, even even last year, a lot of my um, a lot of my responsibility was, you know, guarding the tight end. And, you know, I, I got to go out there and do it to the best of my ability. I'm sorry. I got to go out there and do it. You know, I can't go out there and do it, do it to the best of my ability. That's not talking with confidence. I have to go do it. You know, I, I think I can I can go out there and guard anybody in the NFL, and that's the way that it, it's got to be. And if that's my job, then I'm happy for it. I'll do it, you know, with 110% if that. You know, if I give up a play, I'm going out the next play, and, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get the ball and, 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 and get a PBU or whatever, you know. So they're a pro, too. You know, they're going to make their plays, and as long as you make more plays than them, them guys are big, they're athletic. You know, they're like Steve's size running four or fives now. So, you know, you just got, you got to go out there. You got to 
to go out there. Well, that's even better. <laughs> you know, so it's all good, man. Yes, sir. It's all it's all love, man. That's just, I mean, it's just going into a game, man. If a coach tells you you have a matchup that you got to win, I look forward to that. You know, I want you to tell me that, hey, we need this play at the end of the game or we need you to guard this guy at the end of the game. You know, whether it's a tight end running back receiver or if it's an offensive lineman flexed out. You know, I don't care who it is. I got to go out there and get the job done for my teammates. Will Parks joining us here. Just a couple more questions for you, man. Hey, defense still flying around the ball. You guys are averaging just a little over 17 points in the last six games. Uh, why, in the midst of kind of an up-and-down season, why has this locker room stayed together? Man, I don't, I don't know, man. I think uh, I think it's a lot of selfless guys in here. You know, I think it's a lot of guys that, you know, want to want to win and want to be a part of a culture that's – that's that's all about winning but not just winning man just a culture that's all about family too and i think that's a lot of things that's going on right now man just a lot of people are family oriented in here and it's starting to trickle down to you know from vaughn all the way down to the to rookies and phil and chubb and all those guys I man everybody's buying into the family tradition that's trying to be set forth here in the locker room and it has been set vj did a wonderful job as far as you know switching up the lockers and putting you know like i sit next to jeff hireman and kevin hogan now i love kevin hogan now i probably wouldn't have talked to him if he didn't make that move as much but I talked to everybody, so I probably would have. I love you, Kevin. But, uh, you know, so, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's all, oh, man, it's, it's all for the better, man. I think the morale in here has never changed, you know, with, you know, the ups and downs in the season, man. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is the biggest thing that, that we got going on now and the most the greatest thing that we have going on now is that we have another game. You know, it ain't like we, you know, we're, we're, we're not playing this week or anything like that. We still have two more games left with Oakland being this one and San Diego being the next. And obviously right now we have Oakland on Christmas Eve. So, you know, it's national, tele, national television. So, you know, we aren't going out there, you know, with, with our heads cut off trying to do the utmost. You know, we got to go out there and execute the defense the way it's designed to be played. The same for offense, special teams, to go out there and get a win for this organization. You talked about how it's important in the moment, but also you mentioned kind of carrying it over to next year. You win these last two games, you're five and two in the last seven. I mean, how much can that provide a platform to jump off from for 2019? Man, it's, it's a big platform. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like, I look at it like basketball, you know, you, in the fourth, that, that guy who didn't have nothing in the first three quarters and then in the fourth quarter, he come out with 20, he leading the next game, he going to average 30. Then the next game, we have 40, so that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And, and another thing is that people don't know is if, you know, we win this game, which we have to focus on now, and then the next game we can finish in this division alone at 4-2. and two. And uh, that's that's huge, you know. I um, you know, obviously, you know, we we want to be in the in the postseason, and I've never been in the postseason yet, you know. So I'm kind of mad, and you know, this offseason for me is going to be even way better than this past offseason. So, um, it's a lot of things that I, you know I'm playing for. A lot of things that my teammates are playing for, and one of those things is just you know the confidence and to let the lead know that we we coming back like with our hair on fire, like it's over for anybody that steps in our way. Like that's just the mentality that I have, and I'm making sure everybody in here has that because not going to the playoffs three years row for organization of this caliber that's it's unacceptable so uh, and that's and it's, and it's and it's all of our faults and you know everybody has to own up to you know to the mistakes that we've done this year and we got to do our job in in the upcoming in the upcoming games and leading the next year phil can you tell us like uh what your mindset was and maybe you can speak to the other safeties as well when we got down to one corner uh in that game last week and you know I, I know how difficult a position it is you know trying to cover receivers being a safety you know just with those quick t well I know you can do it but I mean what just what, what kind of what kind of feeling did you guys have and you know how did you guys you know muster it up and you know be able to go out there and uh and perform 
Well, it was, it was uh, you know, obviously, you know, you always, it always sucks when, you know, you're out there in one corner or you're out there where, you know, you have to make, like, crazy adjustments because things happen. Um, I was excited. You know, I was excited to go out there and play nickel. Jay was excited to go out there and play corner. Like I was telling, uh, you know, Steve throughout, throughout the course of the year, I've been playing scout team nickel, helping out the offense without being asked to. You know, I go over there and I say, hey, man, let me play the nickel. Let me guard Emmanuel. Let me guard DT when he was here. You know, let me, you know, I'm, I'm looking at DT as a tight end, a big tight end that can run. I'm looking at E as, hey, man, look, I might be matched up on number three. You know, I got I to gotta guard up. And, um, and obviously it was a point in time where I knew it was going to happen. And it happened last week. And we went out there and we tried to do it to the best our ability and uh and and that was it and uh, it was it was exciting though just to go out there and play a totally different position um not really you know but really you know because obviously they asked our nickels to do different things and me being at the dime or back high so it was exciting but uh you know i, I think we can learn from it as well too unlike will brandon marshall was not in a different position but he was back in the lineup last week for the first time since october Ryan and I caught up with him to talk about his recovery and how he wants the Broncos to attack the offseason. But first, we discussed what to expect in Oakland. Chatting with Brendan Marshall, another game against division rival Oakland Raiders. And this one kind of feels like it's a little bit different, of course, because of what's going on. They're in the midst of a possible relocation. In this game, it feels like a bit like a little bit different road kind of game, doesn't it? Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's, it could be the last game in Oakland. So. Uh, I know that you know the fans are going to be on ten. You know the, the team's going to want to perform for the fans. So uh, you know we got to come out, uh, put our best foot forward. What are your memories of games in Oakland over the last few years that stand out that make it different than other places you play? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I just remember you know the, the, the Chris Harris pick six Super Bowl year to you know uh, propel us to a win over them, and you know it's a it's always a tough game. It's, it's never a blowout. Um, Actually, I think I blew him out one time. Um, it was 2014. John Fox was here. 2013, actually. 13. But other than that, man, it was always a tough game. Tough game. So, you know, uh, Jack Del Rio had those guys playing tough. Um, you know, this coach hasn't playing playing tough. So, you know, uh, it's never going to be an easy out. Yeah, every team is dealing with injuries at this point, and uh, they're, they are a little bit different. I mean, obviously, Amari Cooper was traded during the season. There's no Marshawn Lynch in this one. So when you're taking on a, a Raiders team right now that does have a lot of different faces, does that make it a little bit more challenging or because they've had some consistency over the last couple of weeks, maybe you understand them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know their identity hasn't really changed. You know, they, they kind of still do what they do. Um, I think they're in more 11 personnel now than they were when uh, they had Marshawn. So... Um, you know, it's, it's not too difficult, you know, uh, but I will say, you know, John Gruden's first 15 plays are, are really good. He's he's a good game planner. So uh, we have to be on our P's and Q's and, you know, uh, we'll know how they want to attack us early. You got back in the game last week. How are you feeling health wise right now? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm definitely not 100 percent, but I feel good. Uh, I felt rusty out there, but you know, I was just happy to be out there, man, just, just to be out there with my guys and, and uh you know, hopefully I can build on that these next two games. So, you know, I just want to continue to get my legs uh, back under me and continue to, you know, up my performance each time. Not looking for necessarily bulletin board material, but one of the things that they're going to obviously be trying to get the ball to Jared Cook. You know, they, the, the tight end position specifically for the Broncos is something that teams seem to be scheming about. How do you guys go about sort of slowing that down? Yeah, I think everybody just has to play with good technique, you know, great technique. Um, we have to watch film. <coughs> watch film and, and understand what they like to do. You know, I was watching him against the, the Steelers and, 
they, they lined him up everywhere, everywhere, man. And he was catching balls on t- safeties, tight ends, and I mean, uh, safeties, linebackers, you know, it didn't really matter. <laughs> you know, he's a mismatch, 6'6", six, six, uh, you know, runs a 4-5, really good player. So, you know, everybody has to be on their P's and Q's, and uh, we got to play good technique, be confident, um, and just, just be on the body. Back in week two, Derek Carr was doing a lot of short stuff but was very accurate. So what do you do to kind of disrupt him and prevent him from getting in that same kind of rhythm? Yeah, he's kind of accurate right now, too. I think he uh, hasn't thrown a pick in uh, nine games, I think. So, uh, you know, we got to get some pressure on him. We got to get some pressure on him, and, and, and we have the team to do that. We have the rushers to do that. So once we get the pressure on him, and, you know, maybe he'll throw us one. Yeah, that, that's something that's kind of interesting to me because oftentimes you want to make a team play into your strengths, which is, again, kind of the pass rush for you guys. So how can you technically go about doing that? Oh, man. Well, we got to get him in third and long. You know, um, we got to be good in first and second down. So we can't get him in these third and short where he can just, you know, dink and dunk. So, you know, get him in third and, and seven, third and, you know, eight. You know, so he has to drop back three step, uh, five step and. Um, you know, then I will give Vine and Chubb and those guys time time to get there. What's the demeanor and attitude like in the locker room right now? Obviously, you've been eliminated, but still kind of playing for 500 season, playing for yourselves, playing to be pros, etc. Oh man, it's, I think it's, it's still the same. I think it's still the same. You know, everybody in here um, is, has has a job to do. You know, we're playing for our jobs. You know, so uh, I know people might say, "Well, what are you playing for?" But uh, first of all, we're playing for our jobs. You know, to, to feed our families and. So, you know, just because there's no playoff doesn't mean we're not going to play hard and we're not going to give it our all because, you know, honestly, this, you know, this is what we do, right? It's what we do. And if we sit there and tank and or people just are kind of just nonchalant about it, you know, we will get fired. So, <laughs> so we're definitely going to go out and play hard. I know we're taking a one game at a time, trying to focus on the next game ahead, but uh, thinking about what does this team need to do after three straight seasons of missing the playoffs? What what do they need to get back over the hump? And in your opinion, as a guy that's been a leader in this locker room, what do you think? Man, you know what? I, I think this year, I think we were we were on the way to, to on our way to being good. It's just people started getting hurt. You know, Chris went down, Emmanuel went down, and um, so we we kind of short on you know some some of our good playmakers. I think that kind of killed us, man. Honestly, I think that kind of killed us. But uh, I think you know what we got to do is continue to build depth, as which you know the front office is doing. Um, continue to fight, man. Continue to work. Continue to everybody be really good at technique. Um, I think because you know everybody's talented in the league. Everybody's athletic, you know. But technique is what wins. You know, um, it's a ton of fast guys, athletic guys that aren't on the field. So we have to continue to just work technique and and uh, be our best selves and. Take it. Take things one one game at a time, one day at a time. Um, you know, I'm not sure. You know, whatever the front office feels like we need to do, but from a player standpoint, we have to work, hone in on our technique and and play hard, play with toughness. Um, um, and, and and when it, you know when the tough gets going, we got to just continue to rally each other. Despite the injuries, you guys have come close and might be closer than a lot of people think. One point loss to Cleveland, two one score loss to Kansas City. So, how important do you think it is to kind of keep this team together knowing that you might actually be on the cusp of some bigger things if you can stay healthy man i think that's it's really important i think like you said you know we're right on the cusp uh, of doing something good you know two point loss to, the, to houston um you know i think the, the the jets game was probably the only you know real lopsided one um the ravens game you know we got out in front early and then you know they kind of they just kind of came back and started beating us but other than that man everything was close everything was really close we ended up beating the Chargers and the steelers back to back um, then we started getting hurt, you know. So um, I think 
you know, just keep it in perspective. You know, from the outside looking in, people are gonna say, "Oh, they're not that good. They need to, they need to overhaul, complete overhaul." But from the inside looking out, I don't believe that at all. For all of the Broncos' struggles this season, they did have a run where they got back to 500 before the season-ending injuries to Chris Harris Jr. and Emmanuel Sanders, and they can look back at a handful of plays this season as being the difference between six and eight or nine and five, maybe even ten and four. Of course, they're also two kicks and a player two away from being 3-11. It's just how it works. Those injuries, of course, have forced plenty of roster moves this year, with the latest one seeing former San Diego and Los Angeles Chargers cornerback Craig Mager joining the Broncos this week. Ryan, Steve, and I talked to him in the locker room about his skill set and how his path led to Denver, and let's just say that Mager does not lack confidence. All right, here we are chatting with Craig Mager, newest Bronco. How's your time been so far as you just got here? Oh, man, it's, it's awesome, man. I mean, I really feel wanted, you know, and uh, our facilities are awesome. And, yeah, man, i just excited to come help the team win. What have the last few months been like for you, the Chargers let you go and kind of waiting for that opportunity? Oh, man, it's been kind of an emotional whirlwind, you know, but uh, at the same time I kept my faith in God, man, and I just knew so- something would come up. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad the Broncos took a chance on me. I feel like I can come in and do some big things for him. Yeah, for, former third-round draft pick. Uh, no, it was disappointing being let go, but do you, I guess you probably look at this as, hey, a new lease on life. You can show everybody what you can do here. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, you know, you can't really control the opportunities you get in the game, but shoot, I feel like I was putting in work every day with the Chargers, you know. Nobody else really got to see. You know, we don't play on prime time and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm excited to come out here and uh, show these boys what I got, man. You know, money. Uh, Greg Williams was with me in SD when I got drafted. So, you know, it gives me a little bit of comfortableness, you know, so I can talk to him however, man, and he knows what type of player I am, so I'm excited to make some plays for him. What kind of role do you think you or expect to have over the next couple of weeks? Um, I'm not sure, you know, uh, just whatever I can do, you know, hey, if it's if it's running down that gunner or giving boys water, you know what I'm saying, if that's what's going to help us win, you know, I'm going to do it. So, uh, What kind of cornerback are the Broncos getting? For Broncos fans who may not be familiar with you other than seeing you in Broncos-Chargers games. I'm, I'm a physical guy, you know, I'm going to get up in your face, I'm going to pressure you, I'm going to put my hands on you, and I'll let you get a free release, and when it's my time to make the tackle, I'm going to come up and hit you, so that's the kind of guy you're going to get, man, I work hard, I'm a professional, so, you know, I'm not a rookie, I've been in the league for four years now, so I feel like I got a good mindset, and my technique is awesome, so, you know, y'all getting a good, solid guy. All right, I'm sure you probably looked at some of the film on the Broncos defense, kind of see. What what are your thoughts on just the defense, you know, coming into it here this late in the season? There's some injuries and everything. What are your overall thoughts, though, of of, of the Broncos defense? Well, I mean, shoot, they still got an awesome pass rush. You know, they just got Bradley Chubb in, you know. So, man, hey, I I just feel like we got to, say, fix some of the little – technique errors and you know some of the not really knowing what to do type stuff and man I think we'll be all right man we got got great athletes in here and shoot man sky's the limit for this team you know they already had an awesome defense in 15 you know that's really what carried them to the championship so yeah let's see if we can get back to there do you like staying in the AFC West yeah yeah for sure man I, I argue with people all the time man AFC West the best division man they, I don't know, man. Now with Pat Mahomes in, you know, we still got, man, you know, it's awesome being in the AFC West. I love it, man. I'm a, I love the fact that we get to go play the Chargers two times a year, too. You know, so I'm excited about that. And you might see them in Week 17, of course. They're coming in here. So uh, injury settlement with you as, as far as them letting you go. What was the injury there, and how healthy are you now? Um, it was a hamstring injury. So, I mean, uh, I was out for about six weeks. Um, did rehab with them all the way up until about game six. 
took the injury settlement just so I can give them the chance to re-sign me, you know. So then I had a couple workouts with the Texans, actually re-injured my hamstring. So been doing rehab and all that stuff now. So finally got cleared to work out and stuff. So, you know, I'm excited to get out here and start practicing, man. It's been a while since I put a helmet on. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. All right, which one you like, man? Man is on. Press or off? Man to man. Ain't no thinking. You know, I got you. What you going to do? You know what I'm saying? Let's go. You right, know? Press or off? Press, man. I'm press, in your face. Okay, right. Touching you up at the line. There man. we go. I you like know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show y'all what's up, you know, yeah. when I get out there on the field, man. I'm excited, man. I'm super excited to be a Bronco man. And, shoot, let's take the team back to the bowl, man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I like that. Hey, last question real quick for me. Um, you know, the one thing about the, these final two weeks, of course, the Broncos aren't in contention, but there is an opportunity over these two weeks to show something on tape to this team, to any team. It, is that kind of a bit of the mindset you almost have to have in this situation? Yeah, pretty much, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, man, you're blessed to be out here to come and put a helmet on, you know what I'm saying? So whether you're not in the playoffs or not, you know, you get to go out there, you know, Monday night against Oakland, you know, Oakland's last game, dude, the stadium's going to be lit, you know, so you should be excited to play in that type of game, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, never take it for granted, you know, because at any day, you know, it could be a last snap. So, yeah, man, I'm just I'm just excited to play, man. It's been a while since I got out there, put got to hit somebody and stuff, you know, so. Yeah. All right. Hey, th- do you want to have one more? Yeah, one more. I was going to ask you, just over the course of your career, how do you feel you've improved? What areas do you think you've gotten better in over the last four seasons? Okay, well, being from a small school, you know, man, we – we didn't focus on the details, man. So, you know, actually learning from two different D coordinators, being under Gus Bradley, dude, he probably taught me more in a year than I've learned my whole life playing ball, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, just focus on the details, man, and everything else will kind of go into place. Like little things like, hey, one-inch step, clean feet, you know, taking the proper steps, little stuff like that, you know, is what took my game to the next level. Once I got that taken care of, you know, I was able to add my own little flavor to it and finally became the player that I wanted to be. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Finally, yes, let's look ahead to the draft. Sure, it's still four months away. But January is always one of the hottest times of the draft cycle with all-star games headlined by the East-West Shrine game in the Senior Bowl. Ryan, Steve, and I talk draft and what the Broncos might do with John Ledyard of the Draft Network. On the hotline as the Broncos are officially eliminated from playoff contention, it's time to talk draft. And so now we're going to bring on John Ledyard, who is, uh, of course, with Draft Network. And you can find him on Twitter, at Ledyard NFL Draft. John, you're on with Ryan Edwards, Andrew Mason, and Steve Atwater. How are you, sir? What's up, John? John? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I I was – look, and and I – I kind of look at this stuff all year round. I know that you basically do this stuff all year round. And I noticed in one of your mocks, you did have the Broncos taking a quarterback in the first round. Why Drew Locke? Well, I think if you look at what Don Elway's preferences have been, you know, to have a big strong arm quarterback at the position uh, who can move around a little bit and be an athlete. I think that you see that with Drew Locke. I think that you see a guy that has the potential to evolve into something more than he is. And really, it did improve this season, especially over the second half of the season. Um, I thought that he showed more poise and more command of that offense. Derek Dooley's offense, a little more pro style. That's a big reason why he went back to school in Missouri, because he wanted to get that experience in a system like that. Um, so I think that, uh, that that did help him. You saw toward the end of the year the Florida game, a good example. You know, a good pass rushing team. And although the line played well, I thought he was more poised in the pocket, uh, made some good throws down the field. So 
you know, for me personally, I think there's a long way for Drew Locke to go. I think he needs more development. Um, and for a guy who started most of four years at, at Missouri, that's a little bit discouraging, I think. But, you know, the quarterback class, the reality, and you guys, you know, you see it every year. Teams reach for, for quarterbacks when they need him at the draft. We're in December, so it's way too early to say whether Denver's going to be one of those teams that needs one by the time April rolls around. But right now, as it looks, there's certainly an option for them. They're looking at the future. They're thinking about who's going to be the guy after Case Keenum to kind of carry them into the next phase uh, as a franchise. So they're going to be looking at those options, and I do think there will be things about Drew Locke, particularly his maturity and the fact that he is so dedicated to football and things like that that are going to resonate with Elway in a way that Paxton Lynch kind of ended up being really concerning. Yeah, Drew Locke, you mentioned what he did at the end of the year. It seemed like the turning point for him was between that Kentucky game and then the Florida game. Mizzou has n- literally no first downs in the second half against Kentucky, loses that. That week, a lot of kind of sniping from the fan base mm-hmm. about the fact that he'd never beaten a ranked team. they come up short in big games and then came out with what I thought was the best game he played to that point in his Mizzou career when they went down to Florida and beat the Gators. Yeah, absolutely. And even the first half against Kentucky, I thought he did some – good things as well but you're right that second half partially his fault partially the rest of that team you know I think that they just that that group hit a wall in that game and it was good I thought from there it would be downhill to be honest and then it was good to see him bounce back over the latter stretch of the season and make some impressive plays show a little more poise granted you're going to come back to the Georgia game the Alabama game you're going to say okay where's this guy when you need him and I didn't think he was even the biggest issue you know the supporting cast didn't play well in those games either but you want to see a guy elevate the level of of play from his teammates in those kind of games, and unquestionably Drew Locke has never done that. So I think that and the scattershot accuracy at times and the ability, he falls off his platform a lot under pressure. Those are some things to be concerned about with him, but there's a lot of really good tools there, and I do believe he's the kind of player that's going to really put in a lot of work to get better in the NFL. Now, John, if the Broncos decide not to draft the quarterback in the first round, what position do you think would be best for the Broncos to draft? Yeah, I think there's a couple options for them. I mean, obviously it depends a little bit on what happens with Bradley Roby, and I know this hasn't been the greatest year for him maybe, and he, he's about to be a free agent. So cornerback could obviously be a big need, uh, losing to keep Tlaib last year, and that could be a position that they look to fill. Uh, I think the offensive line can continue to get better. It was a rocky start for Garrett Bowles. Now it seems like he's settled in. I think you have to give him another year at least. Belt here is aging, and even though he's been okay this season, is he the solution long-term? I don't think anybody would say that. So offensive tackle has to be an option for them, something that they're looking at. I know they just took one in the first round in 2017, so you don't want to come back too soon with that, but I think it it will be something that they look at. And then there's been injuries on the interior offensive line uh, this season. I think Paradise is a guy that they would like to bring back, but he also has been banged up. So they're going to have to weigh those things. Um, I think Ronald Leary, same thing. You know, he's been banged up, but he's obviously when he's in there, he's a really good player. The other guard spot, I know Max Garcia has been okay, but not really the player that they hoped he would be. And there's been some rotation in there, and so they could choose to address the offensive line, especially if Elway looks at this offseason and says we're going to go all in on running the football next year. And you know, not that I suggest that, but I think that could be. Uh, an area that he looks to improve. But my first guess would be cornerback um, and, and just kind of building that secondary back up as a team that's always relied pretty heavily on the secondary. But they like some of the guys that are there, too, that they have on the team uh, currently. You know, Isaac Yudom, there's a guy coming out that they took in the third round and they felt pretty good about. And so maybe they choose to develop there. I think if they don't go quarterback, honestly, there's some flexibility, depending on how the offseason plays out, 
that they may look to just take a best player available type of situation. And that could mean it's a linebacker. So, I mean, they're kind of in a position where there's some needs, but I don't know that they have one big crying need other than finding that future quarterback. So if they don't like one on the board, they could be a, a team that is kind of a wild card, potentially even moves back a couple spots to take a player they really like. We're chatting with John Ledyard here from the Draft Network. Find him, find him on Twitter, at Ledyard NFL Draft. Really great stuff, as always, uh, throughout the course of the year, so I encourage you to go give him a follow. Uh, John, what, what, every year there's certain position groups that tend to be deeper than others, and so I, I guess I'm kind of curious, a, a kind of first blush for you as you're looking at this draft, what are some of the, the talent-rich positions, and where can you find some of the best value, in your opinion? Well, interior defensive line is one of the better crops I've probably ever seen. Uh, and it depends, obviously, who declares. You know, that, that'll be true for pretty much all of these. But, you know, already we've gotten some on the interior defensive line class, and I think we'll continue to get more and more. I think it's going to be a really, really strong interior defensive line group. Um, I think you're going to have a decent edge rushing group, maybe a little bit top-heavy with the top three or four guys. But uh, I think it's a good edge pass rushing group. So all along the defensive line, I think you're going to have talent. Um, just going through the defensive positions quickly, your know, linebacker is very weak, um, and, and especially it looks like Mac Wilson from Alabama is going back to school. You're not going to have a lot at linebacker. It's very open for the process to kind of reveal some guys through testing and through the senior bowl and through the shrine game and things like that because right now there are very few studs in the linebacker class. Cornerback uh, is solid. I think maybe the sweet spot will be in round two, but I don't think there's a lot of studs and stars like there was a couple years ago, but um, I think you'll have some options there for sure, uh, depending on your scheme. Safety is weak as well, similar to linebacker. You know, one or two guys at the top, not much else after that. The offensive line class is interesting. A lot of tackle prospects, but a lot of them might be better inside uh, as guards or centers in the, at the next level. So we'll have to see what happens with the tackle class. Right now it looks pretty good. We'll have to see how these guys practice and continue to get into their tape too. But right now I think it, it does look like a pretty decent offensive tackle class if you're willing to develop some guys at the position at least. Uh, quarterback is weak and running back are weak. Quarterback could get stronger. We'll have to see how that unfolds. Tight end could be one of the best groups, and this may be a position Denver potentially targets, especially with some of the losses at receiver. That tight end group could be unbelievable this season. If they get some of the underclassmen to declare, and already a couple have, I think, you're going to see a really, really strong tight end class. And wide receivers deep as well. Lots of talent on, you know, in round two, round three type of portions of the draft. I think you're going to see a lot of players available there. So it fits pretty decently with what Denver potentially could need, I think, in terms of the way players might come off the board and position groups that may be available in the first and then in the second and third rounds. John, last question for you. Really great stuff, man. Really appreciate the time. Last question for me. If the Broncos opt to take a quarterback, but they want to do more of a early day three or looking at those kinds of quarterbacks, maybe even eyeing the 2020 draft more so to get their quarterback, but they got to get somebody in the building now. Who are some of your, your favorite guys of that group? The guy that I would target in day three, if I if they were looking at a quarterback now, to kind of let's see what he, let's take a flyer on him, let's see how he develops, let's see what we think of him in camp, let's see we see if he gets a chance as a rookie, and you know if if he doesn't and we don't think much of him, we'll go ahead and draft the quarterback twenty twenty early, uh, and we'll be good to go for the future. You know the guy I think that I could see them taking a chance on is Jordan Tiamu from Ole Miss, and does not get a lot of love, has uh, not gotten a lot of praise. He will be at the Shrine Game, so that was good recognition for him. Um, I know that Ole Miss offense had a lot of talent, but when I look at Tiamo, I think here's an athlete. Here's a guy with an unbelievably quick release. Uh, here's a very good arm. Uh, his arm is great. He can throw the ball vertically down the field. Um, there's a lot to develop with Tiamo. The concerns are 
He does have some issues under pressure. Again, not really for a guy who started a year and a half. Not really something that you know is foreign. That's pretty common, I think. Uh, in in that offense, things are very very simple for the quarterback. So the progressions in an NFL offense will be something he'll have to learn to master. But they say you know personality wise, you know, work ethic wise, he's off the charts at Ole Miss. They love that about him. The, the players love his demeanors. Teammates love him. Um, and I think there's a lot of tools and traits there to work with. Uh, if you get him in an NFL offense and he is picking things up year one, I think you could potentially have a good quarterback down the road. You know, my personal stance is you're so unlikely to find one outside around one that, you know, you might not want to take that chance, but if they take it, I think Tiama would be a good option. Tremendous stuff as always, John. Thank you so much for the time. We look forward to talking to you again here in the very near future. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. Absolutely. Thanks guys. Appreciate you having me. Brace yourself. The draft is coming before you know it. That's all for this week. For Ryan and Steve, I'm Andrew Mason wishing you a happy holiday season, a Merry Christmas, and yes, a happy Festivus. May all your wishes come true and all your grievances be aired. This has been another edition of Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. That's how we get it done. We'll see you next time on Horsin' Around.